Alright, this is an episode on Sola Scriptura. You don't say it like like Sola script. How do you say it? Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura. Sola Scriptura. I don't know how to... That's the way I say my R's. Sola Scriptura. Is that right? Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, Stop. a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. Only uh, this month, though. Only this month. It's October just about to, month. Honestly, last night, no, not last night, the night before, Right. I was working on the fourth draft Yep. on the seventh page. Nice. I'm almost there. All right, almost there. Yeah, you guys are asking, like, what, what? what? You know, it takes a while, people. And they think, like, are you are you holding him back? No, we're no. not. No, Jimmy's busy, and he's got to write a large, you know, large, but he's got to write a sistio, a, a miniature. And sistio. you know, I I have a full time job, people. Two or one, one, well, you know, one point two. Yeah. You take a you take a lot of, you take a lot of long lunches. I, you know, hey, ever so often, yeah, I take an hour lunch and spend time with my family. Yeah, but Usually, it takes you an hour to get where you're gonna go. No, so, it doesn't. And then it's no, an it hour doesn't. To get back. It's like a three it hour does not. You work it half days, not. basically. I do not. I usually <laughs> eat lunch at my desk and don't take any other breaks. Mm-hmm. But ever so often, if my wife and kids want to come out, or if Brian Malcolm wants to hang out, we will have. I'll take a, a good half hour to an hour lunch. Every Anyways, I, I work hard, people. You don't understand that. This, you know, it takes a lot, you know. Anyways, no, I don't want to get into it because I actually had someone uh, comment about that. Okay. About, man, why do, why do people keep ragging on you? Don't they realize how busy you is? That was my good friend. I'm not going to tell you which friend. Okay. All right. But he has bad English, whoever your friend is. No, that was my English. That was your interpretation? That was my interpretation okay. of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we talking about today? Uh, today, we're going to be looking at Reformation 500, kicking off the series, going with Sola Scriptura. Yeah, Sola Scriptura. So um, the five solas, if you don't know what the five solas are, that they, these are, are five theological phrases in Latin that uh, really emerged out of the Protestant Reformation, and these theological phrases uh, capture the these core doctrines That's that right. were driving, moving the Protestant Reformation uh, in and then eventually out of the Roman Catholic Church. So the Protestant Reformation was essentially, in my view, a revival of God, of, of God's Spirit. It was a work of God through His people, through, through um, a very broken church to to really release the gospel once mm. again uh, in a fresh way in the language of the people where the scripture began to be translated in, in everybody's language so that it could be read and understood and it wasn't any longer held merely by uh, the leadership of the church. So uh, there are these five phrases, right? And the first one that we're going to talk about is sola scriptura. Sola scriptura, yeah. yeah no, sola scriptura. 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 You keep, you keep, you keep putting your accent on it, and it sounds. What accent? Funny. I ain't got no accent. Solar, so, sola. Scriptura. Sola, sola scriptura. Scriptura. <laughs> you got it. There you go. Right. You got to roll them R's. Um, scriptura. The, it's you know, trust me. So it sola works. scriptura. What does it mean? You know Latin. What does it mean? Uh, scripture alone. Scripture alone. Scripture alone. <laughs> <laughs> so um, scripture alone, and uh, this was really. Um, the foundational doctrine of yeah. the Protestant Reformation. Um, it's called the, the formal principle of the Reformation because this is the source of the theology that would be released 
from the scripture uh, across the world. Um, and some would say this is the most critical part. Like right. You're talking about foundational. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is what everything else is kind of built upon. Right. And this is, this is going to be the formal challenge to the established church at the time mm-hmm. concerning the issue of authority. And, uh, and, and the, the issue is for the Protestants is like, no, the scripture is our authority. And so all that they're going to be pushing for, uh, preaching about driving at is coming from the scripture. So it's an authority issue. Yeah. Right. But when we're talking about the, the authority problem, what, what is sola scriptura ultimately standing up against? Well, I think first in that context would be the authority of the Pope. Right. Where the Pope would be able to speak infallibly, as, as mm-hmm. the tradition would, would hold, uh, ex cathedra or something like that, where, where they would sit. Cathedra. Ex cathedra. It's like you're for fake Italian now? No, it's like yeah. you would. Cathedra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to wave the head like hey. this. Hey. <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, where he'd be sitting, uh, as tradition would hold, from the seat of Peter. Right. Right. And so being able to, to speak infallibly with authority, um, and so kind of make these decrees and doctrines based upon... Oh, yeah. Wh- like, what- for example, uh, uh, Pope Pius dec- dec- decreed... No, you're about to say decreed. De- decreed. decreed. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm, I'm just way too vanilla. Um, so uh, Pope Pius uh, declared that Mary raised was raised from the dead and, yeah, ascended, and ascended into yep. heaven and became the queen of heaven. And it wasn't even that long ago. And, uh, and nobody was like, what? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there, there's they, a, that's truth. That, that that's that's part of you know Roman Catholicism, like part of Roman Catholic dogma, is also this understanding of uh, the, the sinlessness of Mary, mm. right? That right. for immaculate conception, the immaculate conception that for not only was Jesus conceived, you know, immaculately sinless, yeah. sinless and, so Mary must have as well. And so there's there's some really strange things that come out of out of this. And so, uh, but yeah, they're they're talking against. They're speaking or standing up against uh, the Pope's uh, decrees, mm-hmm. dogma, doctrine, where they were able to speak infallibly. So you've got in the Catholic Church, you've got these 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 authorities. Yes, okay, so Scripture's one of them. Yep, the Pope is one. Pope is one. And they're on the same level. Yep, and like, what? And then tradition, tradition, the the the, the sacred traditions of the Church um, that have developed over time. Those also have authority, and then of course councils, councils, right? and yeah. So now, you know, speaking on that one, then what would be the difference then from a Protestant understanding? Because there are there are certain things that have came out of councils and creeds that we would look at and say these are these are good and they're unifying. But we don't necessarily say that they hold the same authority as scripture. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we believe in creeds and confessions. We think that they are useful tools and. But we do not believe that they are authoritative, certainly not good, like yeah. Scripture is. So when, when we talk about um, the Scripture, we say it is our final authority yeah. in all faith and practice. So it doesn't mean that there aren't other lesser authorities in a sense, um, but there is nothing that compares to Scripture because only Scripture is infallible. Only Scripture is inspired. So when we talk about the, the Scripture— you can just go to any of the Reformed confessions. Yeah. Uh, when you look at chapter one of the 1689, it says the Holy Scripture is the only, circle that twice. <laughs> the Holy Scripture is the only, and now underline, 
sufficient, certain, and infallible rule yeah. of all saving knowledge, faith, and obedience. Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men inexcusable, yet they, these other uh, revelations, right, the work of God and creation, general revelation, yet they are not sufficient to give that knowledge of God and his will, which is necessary unto salvation. Yeah. Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times and in diversified manners to reveal himself and to declare his will unto his church, and afterward for the better preserving and propagating of the truth, and for the sure and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of the flesh and the malice of Satan and of the world, to commit the same wholly unto writing, which makes the holy scriptures to be most necessary. Those former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people now being completed mm. it says a lot more that's just yeah. paragraph one but the, here's the point the only sufficient certain and infallible rule scripture scripture for all faith and, and so even with creeds and confessions the only quote-unquote authority that it has is it's restating that which is already affirmed in scripture yes exactly exactly so so if anything outside of that then we would say is hold on that is not truth that is not authoritative well, for example this is why we can take exception to the 1689 yeah, exactly. on the issue of the Sabbath. And I hate to do it because I just want to be, I like just being all in and I like just, I like yeah. things to be nice and neat and contained. But my study of scripture over the past 20 years, and I keep, you know, reforming and I've changed my opinions and I've, I've tried to let scripture guide it. In the end, I come down to a view of the Lord's day. We've actually come down to a view on the Sabbath and the Lord's day, wherein we believe the fourth commandment is kept and it really in its entirety when the corporate, churches get when the church is gathered together for corporate worship correct um so outside of that context even on sunday we don't think you're breaking the commandment um by going out for dinner but that's another subject so then when we talk about sola scriptura we say that it stands against the the, the, issue, the issue is an authority issue yeah right and we talk about in, in the original context if you want to go with that about roman catholicism the pope yeah. Tradition councils, but it doesn't just stop there. No, because we still we're we're still Protestants, yeah. and we still stand with the Scripture as our only authority. Yeah. Um. In in all faith and practice, certainly the the absolute authority in mm -hmm. all faith and practice. And so, even if you're not coming out of the Roman Catholic Church or you're not in the midst of debating those Roman Catholic doctrines, yeah, we still find authority problems in everybody's life today. I mean, probably the, the biggest thing that I think of, or one of the biggest things that I think of, is that today in America in particular, the individual is his or her own authority. And the idea that they must sit and believe what they are told to believe is pretty insulting. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, well, you yeah, how dare you? Who that, do you think that, you are? The God that I believe in would never say that. Yeah. And, yeah. I, don't know I have my free will to do what I want. <laughs> when I want. And it's like they and believe what I want. They don't like, they don't, you know, people, people want a sense of autonomy. They want independent yeah. and they like, everybody likes to do things their way. Custom. Everything's custom. Everything's yeah. bespoke. Everything is like, I'm going to do it. Bespoke. Bespoke. What does that mean? Like bejeweled? Google it. Google it. No, not be. Though you can use bejeweling in a bespoking production. way. No, okay. No. Wait. You have to Google it. I'm not Googling it. Well, I'm afraid I'm to Google not it. Telling, no, no, you can Google it. It's not going to have any. Well, I don't trust it. It's not you. like some weird piercing or something. Okay, good. Good. Check out that bespoke. <laughs> that, that was crazy. I would never do that. <laughs> So yeah, I think the individual, right? So like our emotions, yes. right? Reign, reign as king in Correct. a lot of people. This is how I feel. That right. become my 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 perception becomes my reality. And think about how often we just tend to react against doctrine and ideas emotionally first, right? And all of us do it. Like not yeah. just not just the traditionalists. 
uh, the Calvinists. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody will, will hear something and it'll, it'll create a feeling in us, which isn't good or bad, just a feeling, right? It just kind of comes on you. And that begins to lead us in response. we got to stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> My feelings are not going to govern me here. Um, what is going to govern me? I'm going to evaluate what I'm feeling right now and what I'm hearing by the scripture alone. So I think the individual is like oftentimes their own authority. But then there's also the people that say there is no authority at all. There's nothing. Right, right. Like right. There's, there's no absolute truth. Exactly, exactly. And so it's almost like, an, uh, uh, no, I don't want to use that word, like like an anarchist kind of yeah, mentality, right? Uh, of anything goes, you know, we could do what we want, when we want, uh, no repercussions for that because there is no standard or rule of morality or, or, or consciousness, right? Yeah, yeah. And what, what we're saying as Protestants is that we we are convinced that the scripture is God's word. Yeah. It's inspired. It's perfect. It's it's sufficient. It's, it's sufficient. And, and so we go there. I mean, I, I freaking, I tell people all the time, people outside of the church, I'll break it down for them like this. Like when they want to know my, about my view on marriage or sexual uh, orientation or identity or whatever, I just tell them, I go, look, um, my whole belief system, my Morality, my sense of morality, ethics, my understanding of God, it comes from a very ancient book. So what I'm going to say to you in terms of what mm-hmm. I believe isn't something that I'm making up. It's something that I'm seeing in this ancient book. And this ancient book, I believe, is, uh, though written by men, it was inspired by God. That's right. And it's true. So um, you, you might be offended about what I'm going to say, but um, I'm bound to this book. I've, I've, I've got to, I've got to stay with this book. That's where I'm finding life. And, uh, that is a strange, yeah, for some people that it's hard to understand that. So it stands against, um, Roman Catholicism, uh, the individual or stands against the idea that there are no absolutes at all, but it stands for a couple of things, right? It stands for, uh, for example, like we would say, it stands for the the scripture as the authority in all faith and practice. And we're going to talk yeah. about that, but it also stands for something else for accountability for all of our leaders. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, Augustine. Yeah. Right. Or, or Augustine. Uh, well, Augustine, Augustine says, Augustine, Augustine, says. If an- Augustine, 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 Augustine. <laughs> if anyone preaches, uh, either concerning Christ or concerning his church or concerning any other matter, which pertains to our faith and life, I will not say if we, but what Paul adds, if an angel from heaven should preach to you anything besides what you have received in the scriptures of the law and of the gospels, let him be anathema. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. All right. That's, uh, that's Augustine, man. He's, um, he's late. And that's a, you know, called church father. Like we, yeah. people look to a This is a, somebody that the Catholics will point to as well. And here he is arguing and he, he does this frequently. He'll argue for the supremacy, the sufficiency the absolute authority of scripture above all other things. So when we talk about final authority in all faith and practice, then, you know, uh, what do we, what do we kind of in a nutshell, I guess that that is in a nutshell, but practically, I guess, uh, like give yeah, me an example it? of that, you so, know, like, yeah, it's not like what it doesn't mean is that the Bible answers every question that anybody mm. can answer. It doesn't mean that. Okay. So, um, like you know, people will say like, some people, that's like they, they treat the Bible like it has an answer for every question. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Oh, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, oh, I'm just trying to, I, I've, I've actually seen people like, well, I really, I'm trying to figure out where to go to college. Right. Scripture's going to tell me where to go. Right. They're like, I'm just going to 
you know, what, what is that thing where they they flop and point? Plop and drop. Plop and drop? Is that what it is? That's what I call it. <laughs> where you just lay it out there, point it out and say, oh, this this is a word for me today right. when it comes to college picking. Yeah. It's, it's like people, people treat it like it is the answer book yeah. for all of our questions and concerns. And the Bible doesn't answer all of our questions and concerns. It only answers those issues that God saw fit to address. So it is 66 books. And... Uh, you know, over 40 authors, it's, it's just not going to say everything. So when we say it, it's, a, it's an authority in faith and practice, we're saying that it speaks to the issue of what we're supposed to believe and how we're supposed to live as believers. Correct. So it's addressing the knowledge of God and the knowledge of man essentially. Yeah, who God is and how we relate to God and how yes. he relates to us. Exactly. And so that's what it's addressing. It's, it's not our final authority in how governments should operate internationally as it relates to trade it mm. doesn't it does it doesn't speak to that issue it doesn't address that issue in the same way you mean scripture doesn't point out a a, a theonomy that we should you know hold as america don't be poking the theonomists well, I'm they're just, sensitive I'm, I'm, they're sensitive they're people too okay <laughs> they are people too I mean, come on now are, are we not supposed to be governed by by these laws, I'm not, and, you're not baiting me. What do you I'm mean? Not, I'm just asking you. I, you know, it's a, you said what you said, and right. I am doing a follow up question, Joe. Okay. Well, um, why don't uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we look at scripture? Okay, okay? let's look at scripture. All right, I'm going to look up because we talked about this. I'm going to look up Psalm 19. All right, go. You look up Second Timothy 3:16. Bam! I got it. These are two really good um, passages that uh, that speak to the issue of of, of sola scriptura, but also the sufficiency of scripture um, and uh, Oh, well, he's trying to find it. Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Bring up my app. Psalm 19. I had to bring up my app. Oh, okay. Your ESV Bible app. Mm, That's what I use. Mm -hmm. You know what? I was going to use uh, the the Christian Standard Bible. Oh, no. But then when I opened up their website, I laughed so hard. um, Stop, stop, uh, stop. And my computer crashed out of depression. Stop, stop, stop. All right. (laughs) My, my computer crashed out of, out of embarrassment. They're already annoyed with us. Why are you no, doing because, that? because, like, listen, man, they got to work on that website, man. Come on. Maybe if they put back the theological words, I would use it. Okay, All right. Go, stop. Okay. <laughs> Psalm 19. Now, Psalm 19 is divided into two halves, right? The first mm-hmm. half deals with uh, general revelation or the revelation of God in, in creation. But then you get the second half dealing with the revelation of God in his word. Listen. The law of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. Now, the, now, he's going to use these different wordings, right? The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord. All of these are different ways of talking about the revelation of God. Correct. All right. So the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward." So the, these, these simple statements, right, that the law of the Lord is perfect. It is not corrupted. It is, it is, it is complete in its revelation yeah. to us. And it has the power to revive, to bring life to the soul of the believer. Um, the testimony of the Lord or the scripture is sure. It is right. It is pure. Like there is no error in it. There is nothing bad in it. It is clean. It is true. Um, the scripture is perfect. I mean, that's the word. Before we used words like inerrant and yeah. um, 
uh, what's the other one? Inerrant. Infallible. <laughs> infallible. You're welcome. <laughs> Inerrancy, infallibility. Before those words were used, we would use these words. It is perfect. Perfect. And so, and it is true. It is right. It is trustworthy. So because the scripture is these things, everything else must be evaluated by it, right? Correct. So when a leader or a, a teacher says something, we evaluate what they're saying by this word. We act like the Bereans who studied yeah. even the teachings of Paul to see if the things that he was saying was in accordance with the scripture. So when you think about the, the, the big wigs out there, right? The big dogs, the, the, the platform pastors, like, yeah, the like the that, Joe Thorns of, no, of our no, day, no, like the big, the big, the big, not the, not the little guys, the big guys. Yeah. The, the yeah. Joe Thorns. No. Yeah. The Jared um, Wilsons. Yes. Continue. So we, you, you look at those guys and you say, and what we say at Archers all the time, don't believe me because I'm saying it, like believe what the word says. And so all these guys on the radio, all these guys on podcasts, um, the, the famous, the, the powerful, um, we have to be careful not to look to them as if they are the authority, Correct. as if they are um, the one who is inspired. They aren't. The scripture is. We use that word, scripture, inspired, right? Correct. And so you were talking about how, how scripture is perfect. The, the other word we've been using is it's sufficient. It's, yeah. it's what we need for right living. For, it's what we need to know how, how we are to interact with God and how we are to interact with each other. I mean, 2 Corinthians three sixteen and 17, all scripture is breathed out by God, right? So it comes from God. That's, and, but that's not in 2 Corinthians. What I say? You said second. Oh, Second Timothy three yeah, sixteen and seventeen. Timothy. Did yeah. I say it's Corinthians? Yeah, you did. It's all right. Oh, my bad. It's okay. Second, I couldn't remember infallible. So yeah, so there you go. Know. Uh, all right, Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Right, the, the sufficiency that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good, every work. good work, every good work. And so we look to Scripture as we uh, for as as we're growing in our relationship with God uh, and, and with one another. Um, and so, yeah, when we, when, when we think a certain way, when we act a certain way, when we uh, fall outside of God's, God's will or God's uh, perfect law, we, we look to Christ for, for forgiveness. Uh, but we also then, as we're looking to scripture, we see how we are to live our lives uh, in accordance with his perfect will. Yeah. Yeah, I think th this whole idea of the scripture being authoritative, yeah, um, is is that's the one that almost every Christian, every every evangelical I know, oh yeah, the scripture is authoritative, or it's perfect, or it's inspired, um, it's infallible. But I don't hear as much about that issue of sufficiency. It's yeah, because the sufficiency says it's all you need. It's all you need. You if you've got now, the I'm not saying conferences are bad, right? So you can head on our website doctordevotion.com. There, hit up the store. You can sign register for the 2018 Doctor Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Continue, Joe. <laughs> all I'm saying <laughs> that is, was smooth. All I'm saying is is that um, you know I don't even know what I was saying. It's but sufficient. The, it's sufficiency, right? So. Um, we we frequently as Christians fall into this trap where we believe I need more. I need yes. something because we recognize that there are deficiencies in us and we haven't become what we're supposed to be. And there's we're lagging behind or we're slow or we're tired or we're rebellious or we're angry. What, Scripture oh, plus our perfect journaling Bible. Right. Right. And it's like, so I, I won't work unless I have this. Like I, I need yeah. these. Notes. I need my journal. I need that new systematic theology. I need Bible. that new commentary. Right. And, yeah. and those things are good tools. They're helpful. But you Fantastic. can't trust those things because yeah. those things don't do the work. Those things aren't 
what God is going to use to change you. He will use his scripture. So things that help you understand the scripture are awesome tools. We want you to use them. But they are not the things that um, are going to really themselves change you, change your attitude, change your spirit. Well, except for those those pencils, those new pencils. We have these new Those uh, new uh, black Palomino. Things. Oh, yeah, goodness. Are awesome. they good? So I'm so glad you bought them and gave me some. You're welcome. It makes me really happy. You're welcome. I got a, I got a comment back from Palomino about it. Oh, did you? What'd no, no, say? no. I'm from Pencils.com. Oh, yeah? Like, what did they say? That photo is great. Oh, yeah? They ask, eh, do you mind if we might use it? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, use it. <laughs> yeah, sure to link to doctrineanddevotion.com. Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's how we do it. All right. So what does this mean for us practically, though? Um, as, as, as we're, as we're thinking about it, I mean, is this, do we need to be talking about Sola Scriptura? Do we need to be talking about this, this whole issue of, of the sufficiency as well as the authority of scripture? Well, I would say yes, because if you look at our churches today or just even people in general, let's just talk about people in general, uh, Biblical illiteracy is at an all-time high, right? Like, and it's it's weird because we've got scripture all over the place, right? I mean, it's tattooed on us, it's on our walls. We like to uh, make certain um, designs and canvases with it, uh, and yet people are not looking to scripture. People are not reading scripture, and, and right now, you know, I'm just focusing on people in general, right? Right. Um, there's church people as well. Church people don't know exactly that much, and I'm not I'm not pointing it. I'm, I'm saying us. I'm saying us as a yeah. Yeah, church. But, and, but I mean, I know I've heard, I've been in churches. I, I wasn't there for long, but I, I would hear the pastor say from up front, you won't find this in the Bible, but this is what I believe. Right. That's, that's to me, is is messed up. It's It shouldn't be like that. But I've also heard a leader in a church say, I've kind of, I've this is, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm, I promise you, this is the the heart and gist of what they were intending to say. And I'm pretty much using their words. Right. Uh, I, Are you sure? I haven't, I, I kind of, I don't need to read the Bible every day or as often because I understand the overall themes. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's so, the, you know, biblical literacy sometimes comes from the leadership, right? Because yeah. it isn't being preached, it isn't being taught, it isn't being, um, it isn't being uh, modeled for them, right? Correct. But then... It's it's coming from leadership oftentimes, right? Because they don't model what it looks like to really believe that the scripture is uh, sufficient and authoritative. Um, and we see it at large, right? We see it in the life of the church where, you know, people, they aren't reading their Bible very often. Uh, maybe they weren't taught that as children. Maybe they're new Christians. But uh, across the board, we see a lot of biblical literacy to such a degree that people don't know the Ten Commandments, right? Yeah. Uh, they they couldn't they can't define theological terms that are in Scripture. Uh, there is a a broad level of ignorance about the general content of the books of the Bible, and then even among Baptists, right? Because Baptists have been known for years as the people of the book, right? That's yeah, what they yeah. say. Um, a lot of Baptists know the stories, but they don't know what the stories mean. So they can tell you the David and Goliath story, but they don't know what the story means. They don't know what it's really ultimately pointing to. So there's a lot of of, of biblical literacy in different forms. So whether it's total ignorance or uh, an incomplete grasp of some basic things that we should know, and even scripture seems to indicate this, right? That we're there, there are, you know, you should be able to move on from milk to meat. Like you should be able yeah. to make this, 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 you know, progress. Yeah, as, Hebrews. As, yeah. So um, on a personal level, I would say that what this means for us on a practical sort of personal level would be that uh, we need to be a people who love the scripture. 
and you're not going to love the scripture. You're you're not going to value the scripture. Yeah. If you aren't reading it, if you aren't studying it, if you if you aren't sharing it, right? If you're not in it, you're not going to love it because what, right. what happens is, is as you begin to read it, as you begin to meditate on it, you hear the voice of God in Scripture, right? You hear it. It, it, it convicts you and it encourages you and it begins to change you. The more we interact with Scripture, uh, the more we take in Scripture as a discipline, the more likely we are to love it. Now, of course, you can just read it and do nothing with it. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think it really does start there. We have to have a big sense of responsibility, personal responsibility, that I'm going to read the Word because I know this is when God talks. Like the, the Word is God speaking to me, and I want God to speak to me, so I'm going to read it. I'm going to hear Him, and I'm going to respond. So personally, I think we need to take it upon ourselves, even if we're in churches that aren't really modeling right. the sufficiency. If you're in one of those churches, um, maybe you need to leave, maybe not right now, but certainly take the responsibility on yourself. Uh, Martin Luther said, um, nothing helps more powerfully against the devil, the world, the flesh, and all evil thoughts than occupying oneself with God's word, having conversations about it and contemplating it. So we've got meditation, you've got reading and studying, and then conversations, right? That's right. Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's community. Yeah. Uh, and so speaking of community, then it's not just, you know, we're talking about personally, but also the church then itself, the church is to be governed by it, uh, by scripture, the church is to be organized by it and the church is to be operating in accordance with scripture. Yeah. Right. You know, I know we talked about the regulative principle of worship and, and all that fun stuff, but so when we're talking about it, then we look to scripture to see how it is that we are, are governed, how the church operates, um, the leadership structure, right, is, yeah. is part of that. Uh, and then, you know, when we talk about elders and, you know, the office of deacon and, and all those things. So we look to we look to scripture for those things and even our worship services. Yeah. Right. Where the where the word of God is, it's uh, we're praying it, we're singing it. Uh, we are. Um, reading it, reading it, preaching it, we're preaching it, we're partaking it, yeah. you know, all these things, the, the word informs, um, and our, our worship service. Yeah. And I think obviously there is some freedom. Obviously. In, and obviously. Obviously. Obs. Ob. What? Obs. Oh. That's what the kids say, right? No. No. Is that five years ago? Uh, that was probably about 20 years ago. No, it wasn't. No, it was wasn't. 20 years ago. That was when you were no, 50. That was, <laughs> I was paying attention back then. Um, so yeah, there there is freedom in, in in how churches do a lot of things, and there isn't a cookie cutter mold for what a church should look like. But we do need to be very careful to let the scripture, like you said, govern and organize, and make sure that what we're doing is in accordance with the holy scriptures. Correct. It's just too easy to say, oh, well, we're going to organize it this way. I mean, a lot of churches that get into big trouble are churches that do not operate on the leadership level around the principles of scripture. Oh, you know, yeah. they they uh, they have, you know, and like you've written on this in the past, right? Where the pastor is either the pope or a pawn, yeah, right. He is um, he is the the ruler of all the the lead pastor makes all the decisions, or just an elite group of elders make all the decisions, and there is no communication or accountability. Or the pastor is just a pawn, and there's some group of others. Maybe it's the whole congregation just doing whatever they want to do without any leadership or oversight. Correct. Yep. So the the church must take the Word of God seriously enough to say, hey, listen, there is some freedom here in, in how we're going to do certain things, but all we need to be a healthy church is the Scripture. You know, we don't have to have more than that. 
um, to be a New Testament church. Now, there's, again, a lot of help out there that can get us um, through certain periods yeah. and understanding our culture and understanding how things are. Like, there's a lot of value in that. But we, if we don't start with Scripture, I think we're really easily um, led off the path and into dangerous areas. I mean, let us know what you guys are thinking. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for our email blast or you can hit up the store. Grab yourself the Reformation 500T. Sign up for the 2018 Doctrine and Devotion Conference on the Spirit and the Church. Fresh pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Video content on Fridays. Later. Later.